Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Hey everybody, welcome to Jen Lowry Writes. Today I am so honored that I have Miss Nancy sitting with me today. Miss Nancy Bell Kimsey, guys, I've got to show you her book, Grace on a Rambling Road. Look, love it. This is a Bible devotional for RV lovers, for travelers, or for people who would just love an escape and travel along the roads with Nancy. Uh, Nancy, I'm so happy to have you here. Well, I'm glad to be here. I want to tell you guys a little bit about Nancy. Nancy Bell Kimsey is a lifelong outdoor enthusiast whose hiking and camping experiences have ranged from backpacking and family tent camping to adventuring in a fiberglass travel trailer. She moved to North Carolina to attend Wake Forest University and remained in that Tar Heel state of ours throughout her career as an educator. When she's not riding or camping, Nancy enjoys sewing and singing with her church worship team. She's been published in Women Who Served, The Secret Place, and Christian Women's Voice. So, Nancy, welcome. Thank you. It seems that you're in like one solid place right now. It seems like you're not on the road having the podcast with me. So, So now that you're here settled in, talk to me about how this idea came to be. Well, I had done some writing for some devotional magazines. And then at last Christmas, my husband received a book as a gift. And it was a whole devotional book that was nothing but it was for bird lovers. And every chapter talked about a different bird. And then it would connect that message about something about the bird with something in scripture. And I got to thinking, well, gosh, if somebody can write a book just solely for bird lovers. Surely there's something that I can do to take my love of devotional writing and put it into a book. So I started thinking, well, what do I love? Well, I love music. I love camping. And then I thought, well, I wonder if anybody's really done an RV devotional. So I did this quick Google search and I didn't see anything except one RV journal where they wanted, you know, I saw some things where they wanted people to keep a journal on the road. Right. But I really didn't see anything in this particular niche. So I thought, well, okay, I'll think of things that come to mind when I think about camping and being on the road and RVing. And that's how it got started. And did you ever think it would be a bestseller when you went this route? Because you are sitting on the bestsellers list right now. How does that feel, Nancy? (laughs) 
Well, I, I was briefly on the bestsellers list. You're still there. You're oh, still there. Oh, okay. Well, last I looked, I, I was kind of moved down a little bit. But okay. on my categories that you have to choose, your BISAC codes, the third one is the one that I thought would be the least applicable. It was something about religious travel. You know, my number one was like RVs. And number two was like camping. Or no, no, number one was devotional. Two was camping books. Three was some category called religious travel. And I thought, well, I'll put that in there, even though I'm not, you know, traveling to visit Mecca or something, you know, this is a different kind of religious travel. But it turned out that that category, I guess, is the smallest category as far as the number of books that are written. So that's the category that I've been doing the best in all along. Yes. And you're there. You were, uh, don't quote me. Let me see. You were like in the fifties. I was like, go girl, go Nancy. But you're also still, you know, working it in camping and religious travel guides. So right. you've got, you know, a good sweep here going with this book. And I think it's just because of that uniqueness. And you speak to the heart of people that love the outdoors, love to travel, and you put it in such a relational tone. So I made a joke at the beginning, guys, before I hit record, because Nancy has one of her devotionals that you need some more patience. And she talks about being a marshmallow queen from camping experiences in the past and how you could take on that leadership role. And then you translate that from Junior Scouts into Bible devotional work and how that translates into Bible study. And I was thinking you've had a lot of s'mores patience with me today. So I appreciate you working with me with time, Nancy. But, you know, what did you learn about that experience putting these devotionals together? Did you do it while you were traveling with your husband or while you were still? Well, while we were on the road, I just started brainstorming lists of topics and I some of the topics related directly, about a third of them related directly to RV travel. But really, we've only had our travel trailer for about six months. So I'm not the biggest, you know, the most long-term RVer. So then I started thinking of stories from my scout experience or stories from my backpacking experience or my family camping or just road trip things like stories about being stuck in traffic or, you know, people running red lights in front of you anything that would have to, that could broaden it just a little bit. So it wouldn't just be for our viewers. And so I decided I wanted to try to have about 60, you know, about 50 entries. So the first 30 were really easy to come up with, but then, you know, trying to get to 60 got, got a little bit harder. But one thing I did want to do, I noticed that sometimes in your life, there can be a certain object or an experience that you relate in your own mind somehow to a scripture. And then whenever you have that experience again, that same scripture will come to mind. And the, the example that comes to mind, that's one of the items in the book. Uh, one time I knew a guy who was in the military and he said one time, he said his drill instructor told the guys that many battles have been lost because some guy didn't want to put on their boots. And it reminded me of when you're in a tent in the morning, you know, and it's all cold outside the tent or it's wet. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is put on your boots and get outside. And so it occurred to me, you know, if I could write a devotional that would tie into that, then anytime someone was thinking in that experience or thinking about putting on their boots, then the connection that I had made to the scriptures in that one would come back to them. Or if the, if the, 
devotional is about the awnings that you have in your RV and how if you get too much wind, you know, it can whoosh the thing and break the awning. And, you know, maybe after I've read this devotional and I know what the connection is, and every time I look at my awning or I think about the wind hurting my awning, then I go back to what I learned in that devotional. So I'm hoping that if a connection is made in the mind of the reader that later on it will come back to help them and encourage them or challenge them again later on down the road. Because symbols and movement connected with words are a powerful mediator and can bring back that memory. Mm -hmm. So I love it. So it's action and it's like forming pictures in your mind. Right. And the way that you write, you do that so well. It is so devotionals are meant to be short reads on the go, something that you can do any time of the day. It doesn't have to just start your day off when you have those moments. But the moments that you've captured, they are very descriptive and you feel like you're right there at the campsite you know, you're right there in those moments going down, looking at the biggest yarn and it's a side attraction. Like, I really do appreciate your clear, concise, direct experience and the powerful way that you take something so simple, yet tie it in to God's word and his beauty and his plan for us. And you do that so well. You match that so well. When you were working the devotional, devotional, I would love to hear your process. Did you come up with scripture like right away, then story? Or did you find story, scripture, then pull back in? Because it sounds like you did awning, which was like story. Then did you do God's story to us? And then scripture, how did you organize that for people who are thinking of trying to organize a devotional? I did a little bit of both. Like for the ones that were directly related to the RV, I just tried to think of things that you have on your RV or things you have to remember, you know, like your, your backup camera or your awning or your, you know, making sure your brakes work, your safety features. And then I would like with the awning, I knew that had something to do with wind. So then I was thinking about Jesus on the water, you know, and the disciples and the wind. So sometimes I would just make a connection that way. Other times I would start out with a scripture that I knew I wanted to use and then try to think of a, a camping story or, or a traveling, something that would connect in with it. And sometimes I just actually took out, you know, an online thesaurus and would look up the word, you know, like, I don't know what I'm thinking of right now, wind or something. Wind. <laughs> come up and see what that would spark, what kind of ideas that would spark. So. so this was really just an organic, fluid experience for you that sitting in front of, did you handwrite? Did you type? Like just sitting in front and just organizing it from beginning to end? Or how did you piece it together? Well, I start out with pads like this i don't know it's, i just i'm too old school i guess i'm too old or something but no there are there are a lot of people that have a lot of different strategies and many yeah. do say that handwriting is one of their key indicators to you know tapping into their right. creativity yeah plus i have those on the road you know in the trailer and i can't i can't read in the car for a long period of time without getting sick but i can write a few little things you know so as I'm, we're driving along i might write a few things down but then i'd come back and and put them on the computer and 
And unfortunately, when I first started, I was doing them in one program, and then I needed realized I needed to format it differently. And thankfully, my husband's a computer person, so he helps me figure out how to set up a template and pages, you know, and nice so that they would all be consistent. And then I didn't have to do everything twice. Once he had that set up for me, then every time I went into the scripture would come up in a certain font, you know, and the story would come up in a certain font, the prayer would come up, you know, it would automatically go in once he got that set up for me. Oh, that's the sequel comes along, which I'm hopefully starting that, you know, I can just pretty much use that same template this time. So that is a great, that's a great secret, Nancy, to build yourself the template, to get it all organized the way that you want it with font, font changes and spacing. Right. So what works? So let me be nosy here and ask you, what were you using? So that way other people might hear the two differences because you said, oh, I was using one thing and said, not really should work this way. What was it? I was using, gosh, now I can't remember. I'm trying to bring it up here so I can remember what it was. But I think it was Calabra because, see, when we got a new computer, we got rid of uh you know, we got rid of some of the stuff that was more expensive and I was just using the free Calabra for a while. Yeah, it was Calabra Office. That's what I was using at first. But then I switched to Pages because Pages was going to somehow work better with the requirements that Ingram Spark wanted for me because I was self-published through Ingram Spark. And I had, you know, they suggested you make sure all your fonts are embedded and all that. So I did some test runs with the, with what I was doing on pages and that seemed to work a lot better so we, just, we just use that we just use pages so let's talk about test runs because i have heard that people say you know go and i've used ingram spark in the past and i will get my i have a template that i will get to you know to pass through those inspection pieces so did you do some preliminary page pieces to see if you had set it up the template correct before you continued into the work or did you wait till the very end? Um, the only thing I did was to make sure whatever you have to do to test to make sure that your fonts are embedded correctly. That's all I did ahead of time. Now, I did have to make some, I'm really not the person to ask about the technical stuff because there were a couple of error messages that came up when I, you know, loaded the whole document on there. And my husband helped me fix it. So nice. <laughs> I'm not the one to ask about that on a podcast for sure. But but hey, props to your husband for being supportive and swooping on in and helping you yeah. with your interior formatting, which is lovely. And let's talk about that beautiful cover you've got, Nancy. Well, I have got to say, you know, that people say you should never ask a bunch of teenagers that you know to try to do your cover, but you should go. <sighs> With a professional. Well, my cover was made by two teenagers from my church, and I was so excited because uh, the one girl who did the, the more of the design, the art part of it, I knew she was an amazing artist. And one time I asked her, I said, do you know anybody? You know, I thought I thought maybe she might know somebody, you know, a college student or somebody a little older than her that maybe had some design experience. And before I asked her, I was actually going to use I'm going to try to use someone from Wake Tech that was taking design classes at Wake Tech. But she said, "Oh, this Nate at our church, he he does all the stuff for the youth group, and he even went to a summer camp in NC State for design." So I thought, "Well, okay, I'll give it a try and see what these kids can come up with." And when you know, this was like the second iteration of it. You know, she sent me a couple of options, and we made some tweaks. But when 
I was at actually at a campground when I opened up the emo that had this cover and I was just blown away. I just had to keep opening it up again and again to look at it because I was so excited about it. And I've had a lot of people tell me that they think it looks very professional. It doesn't look, you know, how some self-published books just look a little bit off, you know, or they just look like somebody just did some cut and paste or something. So um, they really captured the idea that I had and the vision I had for it. And uh, the other reason I wanted to use them is I wanted to have my particular type of travel trailer on there. Yes, I see. Because I have a fiberglass travel trailer and it's a, it's a smaller company called Oliver that's a family owned business in Tennessee. They've only made about 800 so far, but they're, they're really high quality. And all of the Oliver lovers are really, you know, really fans of Oliver. So I wanted the, the back of my trailer to look kind of like my trailer. So she was able to do that exactly for me. And I was really excited. Have you been able to contact that company yet and say, look at what these teenagers did for me and how happy you are that they're represented? And actually, though, if you have a an Oliver trailer, you, the, there's a light in the back that shines and says Oliver. And I did not put that on there because I didn't, you know, oh, yeah, copyright, like copyright yeah. infringement. But yeah. they did say that they might they might put it in. They have like a little shop in their sh in their delivery room where they have, you know, things like water filters and stuff. But they, they may be ordering a few to keep in there. Nice. You're right about the copyright, but it does give a great visual representation of and that I travel. Use the um, the matte cover instead of the shiny cover, and I think for this particular book, in this particular style, I think it it has kind of a rich look. So I'm glad I, I in this case that I decided to go with the matte, not the shiny. So you've written articles, so you've been published before, and then you decide I'm going into this nonfiction route. How much of a learning curve was that for you, having to translate and then move into England Spark and and get all of that together and making those decisions early on? Well, I mean, Ingram Spark is definitely a learning curve. And if you go on, they have a they have their own Facebook page, but they also have this like Ingram Spark authors Facebook page, and people are on there all the time complaining and asking questions and. You know, I almost didn't go with them because people were seemed like people were having problems and they are their prerequisites for all the technical details are very picky. But, uh, you know, the guy who did my cover, the kid was able to fit those parameters and, you know, we were able to get it worked out. And for me, they've done a really good job. Yes, I love the company. Uh, I use it for my uh, fiction work and I've been very you know, impressed with just the feel of the book. Yeah. And but the distribution. I met doing a, a Zoom uh, writers conference and I got a lot of input at that conference. It was really helpful and gave me a lot of avenues to work through, like as far as how to get discount codes with Ingram yeah. Spark and Bowker by joining the IP and all that. So all that was really helpful. And it was also just encouraging to listen to the other writers and yes. you know, make me think, yeah, I can probably do this if I just keep going. And you did. And May 6th hit and you've got a published book. How was that opening like day for you when you knew that that book was going to be released to the world? First book out there, Nancy. Well, I think the most exciting day was when I actually got the you know, I had sent off for like a practice copy just to make sure. And I 
I went ahead and ordered like five practice copies, you know, because I couldn't see the point of paying the shipping for one if I couldn't get five. So when my, my book arrived, I could almost couldn't even open the box, you know. But people have told me, and this I did this, that you should, you know, before you open the box, you should wash your hair and you know, <laughs> something that you feel good in. And then, you know, get a picture of yourself holding up the book. And, and I did that. I even did a little video of me opening it, but that video didn't turn out so great. So but I did get a picture of me actually opening the book. And that was that was the most exciting to me. And then May 6th was exciting, too, because I knew people were actually starting. People had pre-ordered on Amazon. So I knew that, you know, that people were actually going to get out there and read it. But it did take it took it's only been in the past week two weeks that i actually got reviews on amazon so i didn't go through any of these channels to get uh inorganic reviews right. you know? right. so when i actually got a review you know i have two two five-star reviews and one where they've actually written you know something not just put the star so that was pretty exciting too yes congratulations for that well, two reviews is not a lot. So hopefully if you hey, it is a start. We'll get some reviews. It is a start. And that is one thing that I think many of us may struggle with, including myself, is you know, you put the work out there, you hear that people are reading it, you see the you see that, you know it's happening, but then sometimes just that next step review. Right. You know, like so again, nonfiction, now you're out having to market. Now you're out having to uh, share about your book. How is all of that going for your first time experience? Well, I started doing some marketing at least a month before the launch. And nice. what I did mostly was I contacted a, a whole lot of RV bloggers. And you may not know this, but there's over a million people in the United States that are full time in their RVs. And they're not just old retired people. These are young people that are working on the road and doing all kinds of things. And my husband and I watch some of these YouTube channels that these guys have quite a following, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. So I started contacting by email every single RV blogger I could find out that existed. And I, what I did was I offered to send them some sample entries from the book. That's the way I put it. I'm going to be launching my book soon. This was before I even had a date. Can I send you some sample entries? And maybe one in 14 or 15 responded, which I understand is actually pretty high. Yeah. So I would send them some samples. And then those that I sent samples to when I actually had a launch date, once it actually launched, then I got back in touch with those people. But since then, I've I've made... I've done other things like trying to contact like gift shops or RV dealers. You know, I'm just trying to think outside the box here. So. But that's good, though, because that's the way that you continue to put your book into the presence of people and to get that readership and then the word of mouth when they share out. You know, you've got, you know, state parks, campsites because you're doing scouts, because you're doing all of the, you know, so many different angles when you talked about backpacking, camping, RVing, it's just for the traveler at heart. The other thing that I did, I had some bookmarks made up. Oh, they're pretty. They need some gray swell on the road. And then on the back is some information. And then I have a more, more detailed, like what I call a cell sheet. Like if it's somebody that 
might actually, like when I went to a, a state park in South Carolina, I showed the book to the manager and gave him this so that if he actually wanted to order it for the bookshop, he could. But these I've just been giving out to random campers. Like last week, we were at uh, this campground near Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And I heard this couple, they were playing gospel music outside their camper and sitting outside. So I just walked up and handed one to them. And about half an hour later, they were kind of across from us. And a half an hour later, she, they came over to look at our camper because we have kind of an unusual camper. And then she said, I just ordered your book, you know. So, <gasps> you know, you have not because you asked not, you know. So I'm going right. to, I have to, you know, keep getting these bookmarks out. And that's a real easy, non-threatening way to just kind of get the word out. I love your, I love your boldness. I mean, I love just being able to walk up and say, you know, here, check this out. I love it. The being bold, just being bold and then going up to people and, and sharing and sharing with the bookmark. I love that. And I left like sometimes we went to another campground where they had one of those, you know, this little free library thing. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, love I just those. Kind of left one. I just left a bookmark in the, I didn't leave a book because I can't afford to leave a book everywhere, but I just left one of the bookmarks in one of those. So just, I just kind of keep, keep a stack of them in my purse all the time. <laughs> and then if I have an opportunity, I can, or my backpack and I can just hand them to somebody. Did you design the bookmarks yourself and you took the cover? I see that you have the beautiful yeah. cover. The cover. I think if I re, if I reprint these, I'm going to make it a little bit lighter because it's a little harder to read to read that, but it, yeah, it matches the cover. I did the best I could. <laughs> I used um, Got Print, I think is what it's called. I'm writing all of these things down, Miss Nancy. Print, I think was the name of it. I'll check on it. I, I looked up a bunch of different possible printers for the bookmarks and they were definitely the cheapest and they did a pretty good job. They did a good job. I think it was called Got Print. Anyway. So it's always a learning. It's always learning. It's always trying something new. And I heard that you just said earlier, book two, and you already have a template. Ooh, let's talk about what's future for you, Nancy. Well, I kind of changed my mind on it. The first, at first, I thought I might do something for musicians because, you know, my whole life I've done like musical theater and, you know, singing and band and chorus and stage band and you know everything. And I had all these topics. I, I was able to instantly come up with lots of topics. But then I thought, you know, how am I going to market this? Am I going to say, okay, so 10 years ago, you were in the band. <laughs> Those are the people that I'm like <laughs> marketing to, like X, you know, six-year-old people who used to be in the chorus or something. So I, I couldn't really think of a, a good way to keep uh, all these different, like, band, chorus, you know, too many things in one book. So then... Then I started thinking, well, I wonder if I actually have enough topics where I could just do a sequel to this one, but not have the whole RV angle, just have it just for campers, be more camping in general. So I on this last trip, we've just been gone for the past 13 days, and I just I did a lot of brainstorming and a lot of beginning little pieces of writing for that. And I think maybe I will have enough to do it. I, I do think it's going to be harder to market though, because it's not as small of a niche and there's already, you know, can uh, more camping devotionals out there already than there are RV devotionals for sure. But you've already got book one out there. You've already learned your lessons. 
you say that the the words will come. I have a great feeling, Nancy, that you're going to just honor those words as they come to you and just keep moving forward. First time I'm going to use my Ingram Spark free code. Yes. A code while I can this year before the end of 2021. So that's my that's my hard stop. I got to have it done by then, so I don't have to pay for revisions yeah. or. I also I also love how you've problem solved out and I've got a concept. I have ideas. Yet, how can I market? Is this best suited? You've asked yourself some really valuable questions as you're moving through from concept to beginning a book. Instead, you know, you're giving yourself that time. And I find that that's a valuable piece that can help you be more successful in the future because then, you know, there's so many angles. Like like when you said your husband got the bird book, I was like, I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Like a devotional for, for people who just, you know, love nature and birds. Like, you know, it's such a wide open bookshelf that we can have yet we also want to be smart about the bookshelves and and the way that we present ourselves and so i like how you've problem solved and talked yourself through that because yeah you said music is a passion thing at some point down the road but yeah because you said music is a passion of yours right and so how can you do like writing and your passions putting all of those all together it's it'll come well, when I first retired, my goal as a writer was going to, was to write more middle school plays because I was the drama coach at, at Holly Grove and some other schools for quite a while. And all the plays that you could buy were either very trite or very dark. You know, it seemed like it was the same themes over and over, the same stories over and over. And they're just such pitiful middle school plays out there other than the, you know, the Broadway junior kind of things. And so I really wanted to do that. But unfortunately, to to get published in that field, you have to actually have had the play produced. Now they want you to actually be able to send them a recording of the play being done. And since I'm retired, it was going to be a lot harder to work that out and try to get, you know, a drama coach to work with me and all that. And it, it just it seemed like it was really complicated. And then the pandemic hit and nobody was doing any live plays anyway. So that that whole business is really depressed right now because of that. I know that um, I've met Laura Amy Schlitz in the past and she wrote, she was a librarian and she was in the same spot with you, Nancy, questioning, we need some really good monologues. We need some really good material out there. And she hit Newberry status with her middle grade monologue books. Um, I can share with you her information and you can check out the way that she went with her work. But um, yeah, she actually went that way and she was a librarian and now she's um, I think she's retired now, but she's still working um, middle grades and she just wrote um, middle grades with prose and uh, uh, like, you know, tying in Greek elements. So it's really cool to see how you take things that you love again, and you're asking those questions. I don't see this here. How can I fill in this space? Mm-hmm. And that's what you did when you were looking up on just a Google search. <laughs> Is right. this out there? And then if it's not, how can I fill in the space? Or if it is, how can I make this unique? And how can I make this speak Nancy? Right. And you have to also ask yourself, well, is it not out there because nobody wants it? <laughs> yeah. 
I had that but, problem with my sewing Etsy shop. A lot of times I'd get what I think was a great idea that nobody had done, but then it turned out nobody would ever buy it. So maybe it was just, maybe it just nobody wants that. So. Okay. So now we're talking Etsy. So you uh, also have an Etsy shop. Share with us about all of that in your life. I have an Etsy shop, but I'm probably going to be closing it at the end of the year just because if I keep writing, I don't want to keep the, up with the whole taxes and everything for all these different balls I'm trying to keep in the year. But for the past five or six years, I've had an Etsy shop, a sewing shop, and mostly I've been sewing photography props for like people that want to put their newborn baby in a teepee or they want their baby to look like Luke Skywalker or, you uh. know. Or just various things like that. So my Etsy shop is called Little Lassies, but um, and I'll, it'll I'll probably keep it going until the end of the year. But um, I'm probably going to segue out of that and then move straight into writing and more writing. And we're traveling more, so it's, it's a little yeah. hard to keep up the Etsy shop too. So yeah. So now that you've had six months of RVing, you've got the book mm -hmm. out, like. Where's your next travels? Where's your next adventures going? Are you guys like my dream? So I've had an RV in the past and my dream on my bucket list is to hit all the state parks in the United States. Do you guys have like a bucket list for travel or do you just go where the wind takes you? Well, this last trip we, we did was sort of a, a semi bucket list for us. We went up to New York and went up to Letchworth Gorge and Watkins Glen. And those are both really gorgeous spots that we've heard other people talk about a lot. So we did that. Nice. Um, now, you know, I think the pandemic has slowed us down a little bit, but probably next September, not this September, but next September, we want to get out to Utah, you know, and do arches and Canyonland and Bryce and all that. But that is takes so long just to get there that we need a big and we're retired. We, you know, we have big pieces of time, but we do, you know, help my daughter with babysitting. Some yeah. that's so when you, you have to plan pretty far ahead because there's, now that there's 11 million RVers out there, it's really hard to get campsites and you have to plan way ahead for most of them. Yeah, that was us uh, a year ahead to get Huntington Beach State Park in South Carolina. <laughs> like we wanted the beach state parks and it would be like a year ahead of time, but so worth it when you got there. So worth it. So I just want to tell you, thank you so much, Miss Nancy, for joining us today. And how, how can people, I know your book is on Amazon. Your book is where books are sold. Uh, so you're a wide distribution, but how can people contact you? How are you on social media much? Um, I have a, I have a Facebook page, Nancy Bell Kimsey author, you know, comma author. And if you contact me that or and also Nancy Belkimsey at Gmail, if you wanted to contact me or if anybody wanted a signed, a signed copy of the book, I have some here at the house and I could get that to you and sign it for whoever you were going to give it to or for yourself. So, so those will work just fine. So, Nancy, you got to keep me posted on what's up with you and all, all that book two. Do you have a timeline for book two in your head? Like you would like a publication date or are you just going with the with where the road takes you? Well, I want to work on writing it this summer. I mean, I did have a timeline for the first one because I wanted to be have it done in early May so that it could be out there for the big, you know, summer travel season and that kind of thing. But Probably I would like to have it by September, probably. 
nicely. Ooh, nice, Nancy. When I get an idea to do something, I'm better just to push through. Love that. I love it. So, guys, we're looking forward. So, guys, get this book one because I think Nancy's got book two coming our way very soon. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. Nancy, thanks again for being here. All right. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.